When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There we go. Oh man, I, I've having trouble with my little setup here. I don't get to use it every day anymore because you know now I have an adult job again, so I have to do you know my eleven thirty radio from the car, which is super awkward. Everyone at work thinks I just like to eat lunch in the car by myself, and little do they know I'm screaming about minor leaguers in the Hall of Fame for half an hour and then eating with my office door closed. Um, you don't just eat lunch in your car all the time because I like to do that. I, I liked doing that a lot when I was at like this really big firm that had like hundreds of people and I could just like walk out and nobody would bother me. I'd get to go eat lunch in my car and be left alone. It was great. But now I feel like th- there's like 10 total people in the entire office. So now it's like super awkward when everyone just watches me get up and leave at 1130. I'm like, well, why doesn't James want to eat lunch with us? Aren't we fun? Aren't we cool? Aren't we funny? Like, no, it's not about you guys. It's cool, man. Me on my lunch break time, I definitely prefer to eat by myself and away from everyone. I just got to get away. Yeah, that's that's me time right there. That's me time. And, you know, work friends are nice. That's fine, I guess. But like sometimes you just want to be left alone. And I guess it works out because I, I don't do radio on Tuesday and Thursday and I still eat lunch in my car because I don't want to ruin. I got my whole system going. I don't want to ruin it. Um, and I get left alone for a full half an hour. It's great. It's well, great. Welcome to uh, welcome to adult world again. It's great, isn't it? Actually, yeah, no, this isn't this job is not that bad. It's better than some of the other jobs I've had, which is not really a very high bar to attain uh, because some of the last few jobs that I've had have been real shit shows. Um, this one excluded, obviously. This is a great job that doesn't pay very much at all. Uh, but still, great job. Great job. And this is episode 124 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. I always get a little bit nervous that I'm not going to remember all of our sponsors. We have so many now. We have so many. I mean, especially Rivercrest. That's one you just can't forget because if you do, you're never going to hear the end of it. Yeah, I'm going to get roasted in the family group chat for that. I can't have that. Can't have that. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I'm going to ignore the fact that the reason we don't have a guest on this week is because I was preoccupied with working and school and whatnot. And let's just pretend for the sake of pretending that I just thought, you know what? It hasn't just been me and Allison in a few weeks. So let's just... Let's get back to basics here, and and let's talk about some minor leaguers. Well, you're going to have to lead the charge on that, because ever since uh, we talked to Fishman here, he gave me kind of like a, a really good insight into everything, but I still have been focusing on the fact that the Major League Baseball Players Association and MLB in general just cannot 
come to terms. And I'm supposed to be heading to spring training um, the first week of March. And I'm just like, I'm getting real nervous. I'm really nervous here. Yeah, I'm wondering what that's going to look like for spring training because the minor league season is going ahead as scheduled and there are players down there in Tampa. We saw Jason Dominguez was like fake shagging flies, I guess. He was just like practicing his his reaction time to fly balls. I guess, all right, that's good for him. I guess he's getting that work in, but like, are we going to be playing games? Are we going to have like open practices? Are people going to be able to like go and watch? I don't know. I don't know. It might mess up the whole trip for you. You know, it already has. I've already had to kind of change things around, which is also a good thing um, because I was talking to, uh, I had a contractor here the other day and he was a saying how his son used to go down and like stalk the Yankees players at spring training and like know what hotels they were in. I was like, ha ha, so funny. That's weird. Yeah. Who would do that? Who would do that kind of thing? <laughs> right. Only a crazy person. <laughs> but I have to say, I think I, I do have to thank my family um, for making sure I never got that far because I always went with my family and my dad, you know, being a typical dad was always like, let's get out of here as soon as we can. We need to get out of the bottom <laughs> of the eighth inning, like, you know, stuff like that. So oh, that's the worst. I, if I had a dollar for every time I was like there, I, there was one game that will stick in my mind forever that I was like, I must have been 12 years old. It was a Yankees game and we left in like the seventh inning. The Yankees were down eight runs. So even I'm thinking like, you know what, like. I guess it's fine. I mean, it wasn't really that great a game anyway, but you know, I like to stay to the end and we're listening to the radio in the car on the way home and they mount this huge comeback and come back from like eight runs down in the eighth and ninth inning. And I'm sitting there like, God damn it. 12 year old me. God damn it. This is bullshit. Oh God. So now I never leave a game early ever for the rest of time. I will never leave a sporting event early because I just, I missed like the game of the year because we left two innings early. Yeah, I mean, that that happened to us. My dad was begging us to leave from that. I, I feel like I've talked about this game so much, the uh, the Yankees and the Oakland A's game, where it just went into like 13 innings. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, no, no we should go now. We got to get out before the traffic, you know, like the eighth inning. And yeah, we of course. Like, no, yeah. no, no, we're staying till the end of the game. And then it ends <laughs> up being like the 13th inning. My dad just stares at me. And I was oh, that's, like, a, that's a parent's worst nightmare. I wonder, I wonder if you reach parenthood, if you're opinion on that changes like all of a sudden like you are a parent and you're responsible for a child and you're like seventh and it's coming up quick <laughs> like those progressive commercials so um i've already become my parents but that is one thing i will certainly never ever change yeah, we, we still planning to head out around the third quarter let's not talk about leaving the game before we're actually at it exactly <laughs> So, but yes, minor leaguers. Um, yeah, it's going to be a whole bunch of different faces. Not really sure what the deal is with the regular season, but of course, Rob Manfred is just kind of going ahead and saying, oh, the season's going to start on time. Season's going to start on time. I Lies. Believe it. Lies. What do, you, yeah. what do you have to say about these minor leaguers? Yeah, you know what? Let's put minor leaguers on the back burner because it's. Oh, okay. let's get upset about Rob Manfred for a second because I think that we've reached the point where he doesn't really care about being the bad guy. I think previously, even like back to his first day in, in 2016, when he took over as commissioner, there was like, I think there was a little bit more of like MLB is maybe like trying to do the PR thing and it's working because there's not a lot of information out there on the other side that people are, are getting access to. Like they can't really see the player side and all of a sudden it's, you know, oh, he's 
guys get play, paid to play a baseball game for a living. Like they can take a little bit of a salary hit. Like, no, no, no. That's not how it's going to fly this time. We're not doing that this time. All of a sudden, everyone's on the player's side. You know, the only people who are on the owner's side are, are those guys who would say, oh, back in my day when I played JV baseball, I could hit a 100 mile per hour fastball. Like, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't, Facebook Bob. No, absolutely not. But those are the only guys left on MLB's side. And I think they've kind of just flipped the switch. And they're like, all right, we're the bad guys. We're going to keep putting out these bullshit PR quotes like, oh, we think the season's going to start on time. Oh, we want to bring in a federal mediator. Oh, you know, we we are the only ones giving anything up here. We want the players to meet us halfway. And like, are we just going to ignore the fact that the players gave you a proposal when the CBA expired and you waited six weeks to hold a meeting? And then now you're going to say, oh, well, the phone works both ways. But but. Why would it work both ways? You have the current proposal. Why aren't you making a counter proposal? It's because they don't want games. They don't want to play games. They want to hold out as long as they can, see if they can get the players to break. And they just don't care about lying about it anymore. Or at least they don't care about coming up with a good enough lie. I mean, the the players are not breaking. Um, from what I've seen, even on like Twitter and you know, the support that they're showing for their fellow players and everything, they are all in, like all in. And that includes people like Garrett Cole, um, you know, like big names. So I'm just I don't know. I think Rob Manfred is just, he's tired of the, the whole narrative of him being the bad guy. He's like, I'm just gonna live it. Like I'm doing my thing, you know, it just that's what he's up to. Yeah, he knows he's the bad guy. He always he always knew he was the bad guy. It's just now the public doesn't fall for the good guy act anymore. Now the public is like fully on the no player's side. I act to stand on. No, I mean, and we're fully on the player's side. And hey, sure, we want opening day to happen as scheduled. But I think most of us have accepted that that's definitely not going to happen. And I also think most of us are like, all right, if the owners aren't going to make a real proposal, like hold out, players. Hold out as long as you can. We'll We'll wait. We'll wait for it. We still got college baseball. We still got minor league baseball. We'll get our baseball fixed. I got a little bit of that Dominican Winter League and the Caribbean Series in me for the winter. I'm good. I'm good. I can hold out as long as the players need to get a fair deal for them and to also prevent Major League Baseball from just destroying minor league baseball almost entirely. Right. Well, I, I am excited, though, that um, obviously they made the announcement that <clears throat> the minor league season is going to be extended. And honestly, I think I'm more excited about that than I am <laughs> about Major League Baseball, just because, like, I love watching the minor league players. I always felt like the season was always just a little too short. Um, didn't quite, you know, didn't quite extend for a whole season. It just felt weird, I guess. Um, and so kind of having a uh, actually three AAA teams very close by to me. Like this is something that I am living for. It's going to be fun because if I can't make it down to Yankee stadium, I'm sure as hell going to watch people in uh, on the Syracuse Mets. I'm going to watch them in Rochester Red Wings, the Buffalo Bisons. I'm, I'm going everywhere. I'm going to watch them all. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm working on a story right now. It's a, it's an adult story. It's going to be crazy um, about the Atlantic league. Uh, for a, a literal newspaper, which is uh, insane to me. Um, but, you know, going through all the information I have, 
I'm looking at these Atlantic League teams. I'm like, they still like draw pretty decent crowds for having the absolute bottom of the barrel professional baseball players. If you're looking at these minor league teams, especially the ones in the in the small towns, maybe not Syracuse, Buffalo, and, and Rochester, because those are you know fairly big cities with other stuff to do. But you're looking at these like super small towns, like the the Rocket City Trash Pandas. That's a minor league uh, team for the Los Angeles Angels. Like, what else do they have to do? But go to baseball games. If you still can't attract fans to that stadium, that's kind of on you because independent baseball leagues are doing it. They're attracting fans to their their backwater stadiums, to their backwater teams. Like, and and you have the benefit of at least having like a guy like Jason Dominguez or a guy like Anthony Volpe, where there's some kind of interest from even major league only fans who say, Oh, well, you know, I, I live in the Hudson Valley and they got this guy, Anthony Volpe, and they're going to have this guy, Jason Dominguez. Maybe I'll go check them out. Maybe I'll go check out a few games there. And, you know, that's MLB's failure. It's not, you know, they're always complaining about the money of, of minor league baseball. And I think Dallas Braden put out this whole, you know, accounting of how much it actually costs to field an entire minor league system. Just the player salaries. It's like two and a half million dollars. Hmm. So we give more than that to Brett Gardner. And this is like the salaries for the entire minor league system. <laughs> Low A, high A, double A, triple A. And it's, yeah, and Brett Gardner, absolutely worth it. And, and we're going to get into Luke Voigt in a minute because he's just a prime example of how Major League Baseball is just way overlooking what what they should be doing with the minor leaguers. Instead of having them live in, in shanties and having them seven people in a two-bedroom apartment, guys sleeping in the literal kitchen on an air mattress and eating PB and J is like, you got to do better than that. These are your investments. Luke Voigt was a 22nd round draft pick. A no signing bonus to speak of. If he got a signing bonus, there's no way it even cracked five digits. Because I, I couldn't even find it. That's how little people cared about Luke Voigt when he was drafted in the 22nd round. He almost won MVP two years ago. He yeah. spent all this time developing in the minor leagues and becoming this great offensive player. Like, why aren't you, you draft a guy in the 22nd round, like you saw something that said, okay, I'd rather have this guy than this guy. Develop him, give him housing, give him nutrition, give him strength training. Like this is an investment. And they're, they're just, they're all they are to major league baseball teams are a waste on resources. Even if, at the very least, it's someone for Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe to play against. They can't just play against themselves. What, uh, what is your thoughts on, uh, I think I remember reading that MLB was arguing that um, spring training invites oh, yeah. not get paid. Oh, because yeah. Because the, the opportunities far outweigh, you know, the actual cost that they would have to pay them. They're like, well, they could eventually become major leaguers. So therefore they will they will make all that money. Yeah, I want to I want to pull up the exact article because I did send it to the producer of the radio show because I wanted to talk about it that day because uh, I want to get the exact number right that this woman, Elise Bloom, who it works for a firm that in this particular case is defending MLB or minor league baseball in a class action lawsuit by minor league baseball players about their living conditions, their pay, all that. Uh, but the firm also is advising MLB on the current lockout. So there, there is an overlap there. And she argued in federal court that it is the players that obtain the greater benefit from the training opportunities that they are afforded than the clubs who actually just incur the cost of having to provide that training. And he said, it's the players get something like 
$2,200 worth of value and the teams only get like $600 worth of value. And I mean, first of all, that's ridiculous because you're a minor league veteran. Who do you, who are you looking forward to seeing in spring training? Are you going there to see Aaron judge and John Carlos Stanton, or does it maybe excite you just a little bit more and get your first look at a guy like Jason Dominguez or a guy like Anthony Volpe? Well, I mean, for us, you know, it might be a different story. Of course, Maybe. I'm always excited to see, you know, the major league players, but like you obviously are interested in seeing those minor leaguers so that when they do get called up, like when Melky Cabrera was called up, I was like, oh my God, I know him. Like yeah. I saw him, you know? Um, so I guess it depends on the person, but that's why MLB should not only be marketing like the superstars, but they should be marketing the up and coming people because they're there. They're working hard. They are, they're people just like you and I, like trying to get to the major leagues. Of course they, you know, train 364 days a year, probably take mm, Easter off. I'm going to go with Easter this time. Um, but anyway, definitely so, not Christmas, right? Yeah. Not Christmas. No way. That was actually my first thought, but then I figured I got to be a little unique. Yeah. It's so too obvious. That. Christmas is too obvious. Yeah, exactly. Also it's in the winter. Um, Right. But like, you know, when you're coming and um, when I was going to spring training as a kid, like I was more excited to see players like Bubba Crosby and like the no names. So I could go back to people and I'd be like, oh, I got Bubba Crosby's autograph. And they'd be like, <laughs> who? Oh? Like, just you wait. Just you wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's, I think the best part of spring training is that like that first two weeks when the big leaguers are only taking like two at bats a game. So you're yeah. getting like, you're getting Volpe in there. You're getting Dominguez in there. You're getting these AAA guys in there against, you know, sometimes major league caliber pitchers, sometimes guys who are just, you know, other minor leaguers, maybe relievers who are just trying to, you know, sharpen up the fastball, maybe get a feel for the slider. And, you know, it's not the best competition they're ever going to face, but it's like, it's fun. It's fun to see a guy who you haven't really seen in action. If you don't watch a lot of minor league baseball, which is, you know, really tough for baseball fans to do because baseball games are played every day. It's not like football where you only have to pay attention once a week. It's every single day you have a major league baseball game or you get like one off day every two weeks. Uh, so this is your one real chance to kind of like sit down, watch a full game. How does he look in the field? How does he look running the bases? How does he look at the plate? And that's I think that's the coolest part of spring training for me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's different for different people. But like if you grew up in a family that watched baseball, like we weren't allowed to watch TV past seven o'clock unless it was the Yankees. That's how I grew <laughs> up watching the Yankees. Like, you know, we'd be like, Mom, can we watch TV? Oh no, it's a school night. Uh, you can Yankees only, watch only. Yankees. Yankees only. Oh, you know, if you grew up in a family like that or a family that, you know, just had baseball on the background, like these types of things that you and I are mentioning would be totally different. It's just, I think that right now everyone's just so focused on the superstars. They want to see the Aaron judge and I want to see Aaron judge play and, you know, warm up in spring training. But like, I also want to see Anthony Volpe and I want to see all these other guys. So hopefully that is something that changes a little bit over the years, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not I, back burner guys. They're a draw. That's, right. that's what, you know, the argument was like, oh, these guys are just, they're just here to take from the major league organization. They just, they're just here for the training. And the, the way they calculated it was like, how much do baseball lessons cost for like, like big league players come to your hometown and they mm -hmm. teach your baseball team for a day or something. And like, how yeah. much does that cost? And how much is that going across for the entirety of spring training? It's like, these guys, 
first of all, they're your investment. You should want them getting that training. You should be paying for them to get that training because it's only going to help you in the future. Second of all, like they're not just there to train. They are a draw for fans. People like to go see those guys. Well, I think the other thing too, is that like when I get tickets to a spring training game, I sure as hell know I'm not going to see Aaron judge a whole game. I'm not going to see John Carlos Stanton barely past maybe two innings. I mean, essentially the actual players will play maybe two innings or they'll sub in later in the game. You are mostly watching those minor league players and every spring training game I've been to has been sold out. So where is that money going? Yeah, I got, I got nothing. And even, you know, just going on the numbers that, that Dallas Braden put it, put out, which obviously doesn't include like stadium costs and taxes on that, but let's just forget about all that. Just player salary alone. If you doubled their salary, it still wouldn't be a livable wage, but it's only $5 million. That's literally one average player on an MLB roster. That's that's Brett Gardner next year. That's a middle reliever. I'm sorry. I don't want to keep picking on Brett Gardner, but we're talking about like the low $10 million, like that four to eight range. Like that's where Brett Gardner lives now. That's where he lives. And we also, you know, we don't know if Brett Gardner is going to be on the team next year. We don't know that for sure. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, well, uh, maybe he'll be in spring training at least. Maybe they'll just be like, you know what, Brett, come on down to spring training. Maybe do the teach the teach the kids a thing or two. Make sure you keep Jason Dominguez humble by pranking him. Uh, Volpe too, keep him humble. And you know, if you get a roster spot at the end of spring training, no one's gonna be upset about it. But we'll see. So be it. So so yeah, be it. Listen, I'm just upset that I probably will not get a chance to see much spring training, if any, um, when I'm there. So yeah, then it's just a trip um, to Florida. But but listen, I was just I was just mentioning this because I saw that um, Lindsay Adler uh, tweeted about how back in March of 2020, she accidentally opened a can of kombucha. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's it's fancy uh, bacteria. Uh, kombucha while standing on the field at Yankee spring training and the kombucha fizzled up and sprayed all over Brandon Cuddy. And (laughs) then the sport shut down days later due to COVID. So I retweeted it. And I just said in March, 2020, I went to a Yankees Orioles spring training game. Chris Davis got a hit. The sport shut down the next day. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to get Chris Davis back. And hopefully, you know what, we'll, we'll plan a day. I will go to the Sarasota Orioles park and I will have Chris Davis there. And I'll be like, dude, just get a hit off of me, man. We need this to turn it around. <laughs> Chris Davis shut the league down. He can bring it back. That's for I sure. Mean, it's not live, but no, I was actually saying that the other day too. I was like, last time I went to Florida, the world just shut down. So like this time that I go, will it, what, what will happen? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows for sure. Um, also, just to to wrap up the minor league stuff, uh, MLB's latest proposal. I don't think it was even part of a proposal. I think it was just something that they told the players, like, "Hey, we want to do this in our next proposal." They wanted to cut down the number of domestic minor leaguers they could have from 180 to 150. Which, why? Like, you already cut the whole minor league system in half. Like, why do you need to keep cutting players out? And it's just, ah, oh, it's it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, these players uh, that there was that guy from the Padres yesterday that uh, Woodsy Woodsy turned me on to it. Oh. This guy mm-hmm. did a whole video about his W2. He made eleven thousand dollars 
playing professional baseball last year in double a not like low a not like rookie ball double a baseball player eleven thousand dollars total and then there was you know this former catcher who like quote tweeted it said oh back in my day i signed for 750 dollars a month which you know if you adjust for inflation somebody did the math it's still better than what uh, this guy would made at eleven thousand dollars if you adjust oh, yeah. for inflation he was still doing better so it's character building it's like well you know what character doesn't pay for old guy? It doesn't pay for rent. It doesn't pay for electricity. It doesn't pay for food. It doesn't pay for your car. It's like, this just, it's, it's that big, like your old grandpa saying, like, oh, back in my day, we walked to school uh-huh. eight miles each way through the snow, uphill both ways. And it's like, well, grandpa, we have buses now. We have the technology for it. So we don't have to do that anymore. And that's where I settle on the minor league stuff. Like, yeah, it sucked that you guys had to go through that when you were minor leaguers. That wasn't good then either, but like, we don't have to keep doing that. We don't, we can just change it because we can, because we can. Yeah, no, hopefully there's, hopefully people are starting to realize this. I mean, it's just, it's sad. And I mean, I thought that Yankees article about um, Clint Frazier and Tyler Austin and Tyler Wade cuddling in the uh, funeral home was more than enough to be like, wow, these conditions suck. Yeah. Incredible article. And those are also like, those are the blue chip guys. Those are the first rounders right there. Clint Frazier was picked fifth overall, huge signing bonus. And Tyler Wade, really, he didn't go that late. He didn't go as late as I thought he would have gone. He came straight out of high school. You know, if he had gone to college, maybe where I gotten picked higher, I think it was like the eighth or ninth round for Tyler Wade. Um, I don't know where Tyler Austin got drafted, but like those were your, top prospects at the time and they're living in a literal funeral home and and eli was yeah each other's rooms and be like oh my god there's a ghost out there yeah Uh, no that's creepy that's great how are you supposed to sleep how are you supposed to get a good night rest before a game like that you just can and eli was telling us last episode about the guys living in a junkyard being woken up by the sounds of cars being crushed at 6 a.m like how is this how is this good a good investment and the yankees are one of the good teams they're one of the good teams about helping minor leaguers out with food and and training and housing and stuff. Like they're one of the teams that like takes it upon themselves to go above and beyond. Like, could you imagine what the Oakland A's are doing with their minor leaguers? What the Tampa Bay Rays are doing? The the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Houston Astros, the with the most toxic culture ever. The guys who traded for Roberto Ozuna while he was on suspension for domestic violence, and then the whole Brandon Taubman thing and all of that, the cheating thing. Like, how do you think they're treating their minor leaguers? I just, oh. well, it probably ain't good. Um, I'm surprised that more minor leaguers haven't. Well, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised, but like, it would be interesting if more minor leaguers came out with like the situations that they were also dealing with. And yeah, you know what I, what I used to hear from people. Um, I think actually I heard it from uh, Emily Walden on Twitter because she is a um, beat writer for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I think she got a bunch of texts from minor leaguers this week too. Like she ran a whole thread. This was maybe like two years ago. Um, She like posted something and um, basically she asked a bunch of minor leaguers like, what types of things like could people give you? And so many of them said like gift cards for like Chipotle. Yeah, food. Get me food. (laughs) You know, because they... It's, it's gotta be tough, but also she, uh, collaborated with, I think it was RotoWare, and they had a shirt. I'm not sure if they still have it or not, but it's called, uh, the, the pink fields. 
Oh, the backfield. I thought you were talking about the yes. pink pitching ninja shirt. No, but I did get that and it is so sweet. I love oh, it's it. a great shirt. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, this one was uh, called the backfields and it basically kind of looked like a North face logo, but, um, it considered the backfields and basically like, um, the proceeds from that shirt were going to, um, certain organizations to help minor leaguers, whether it be, you know, help find housing or, you know, food, whatever the case may be. And I've always loved that kind of, you know, doing what we can to help. Cause I didn't realize like two years ago, what exactly was going on, but that's why I want, you know, AAA to come back because I like to bring gift cards. <laughs> you yeah. know, I like to like go down and I'd be like, Hey, you know, here you go. Hey, you can um, eat this week. Right. Here you go. Here's your meal for, you know, after the game tonight and, you know, maybe lunch tomorrow. I, you know, you never really know how much you can help, but yeah, conditions are bad and we can definitely help, but so can MLB and they're just not doing shit. Yeah. The billionaires can pay them livable wages. Also final, final, final word on the minor leaguers was one of the texts that Emily Walden got from the minor leaguers that she was interviewing. And the first sentence is first time in my life, I've looked at baseball and wondered, is it worth it? That's depressing. That is depressing. Something you chased for your entire life and now have to sit there and, and question that that's it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Um, hard topic change to something more positive. CeCe Sabathia's son committed to college. I had no idea he was that good. It's Georgia Tech, too. It's not like some backwater D1, D3 school. Like Georgia Tech, right. that's a great baseball program. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, super exciting. I'm so glad to see a Sabathia name back on the potential pro circuit. That is just amazing. I love it. I'm sure CeCe is like the happiest guy alive. Oh yeah, I I remember in the in the story, uh, and Lindsay Adler wrote it and said that Amber was the one who was the most competitive one in the family. No shock whatsoever. Amber Sabathia is is an absolute monster at everything she does. It it does not shock me at all that she would be more competitive than CC Sabathia at literally everything. Not a surprise. Not a surprise <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Keith Law did a top 20 ranking for prospects. Max didn't like it, so I'm not going to click on that link. I'm not going to read it. He said it was wrong. Also, he said that he said Austin Wells went to ASU instead of Arizona. It's a difference. There's a difference. Max went to Arizona, so he would know. Um, yeah. yeah. They said Glaber Torres is the big bounce back candidate for 2022. I don't know where they got that from. Maybe it was just because Glaber Torres was bad last year and they thought he was going to be good. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really see anything in Glaber Torres last year that made me think he's going to bounce back. It gets you clicks. That's all that matters. And you know what, if they're wrong, well, no harm, no foul, but if they're right, then they can praise themselves as geniuses, you know? Yeah. That's how it works in the media game. You just throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. Um, And also I think we have to reevaluate our off season ideas for the Yankees. I think we have to, after talking to Max Goodman, and talking to Eli Fishman, I'm starting to think that, you know what? If we didn't get Carlos Correa, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, don't want him. I still don't want him. Wouldn't but be the worst it. thing in the world. And maybe we go out and we get Matt Olson for sure. If we don't get Carlos Correa, maybe we go out and get another outfielder. Who knows? Who knows? It's not going to matter for another three months, though. So, Hey, fingers crossed. It is... We are in challenging times here, as I know that the players are as well. But like, man, it is tough being a fan right now. Oh, yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day? We've been doing this podcast for what is three years now, about three years. 
three years. I don't think so. Really? I, it might. It, it's been a while. Oh, maybe I started it with maybe it's only been two years with you. Maybe I started it with Rob for oh, okay. the first year that and then for too. a few months. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe two and a half years with you. Still a very long time. I would say about half of the time we've been doing this podcast, there's been no baseball. Maybe even more. Maybe even oh, more. Yeah, if we sure. include the off seasons, like how much of our podcast airtime has actually occurred while baseball was being played? I'm going to say less than half. Very little because we never got a guardy party on air. Yeah, but then again, Brett Gardner didn't hit too many home runs last year. But yeah, but he did that one year. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually we did come close one time because we oh, we yeah. recorded early one day. It's just trying to get it out of the way, and and I remember almost immediately after we finished, like within an hour, Brett Gardner had hit a home run. I was like, God, all the time we've been doing this podcast, I've been waiting for a guardy party live video while we were recording, and of course, the closest we come is like an hour, and now Brett Gardner might not be on the Yankees again. <laughs> He knew, he knew he didn't want to be, uh, he didn't want to have that moment, uh, in, in his career highlights video. Um, but honestly, all I remember, and I, this is just my Brett Gardner memory for the, for the podcast is, you know, um, I got, I got a message from Nick Tyrell and he was like, yeah, we were reading tweets to all the players and, um, we ended up reading Brett Gardner, one of your tweets. And I was like, oh my God, which oh. one? Cause I have some creepy ones. <laughs> It was not a creepy one. <laughs> no, no, Nick, Nick wouldn't do you like that. He wouldn't do no, you no. like that. It was, uh, I think it was about calling him a uh, Gardy B. Um, and he was probably sitting there like, who is Gardy B? Who does, right. what is that a reference to? <laughs> so basically, I, I think it was that one. But then I was like thinking in my head, I was like, oh my God, is it the one where I was like, I would die for Brett Gardner and I would also wear his ashes around my neck or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think I know. missed that one. Oh boy. I'm going to go find that. Um, yeah. I was hoping it was the one where, uh, <laughs> where he hit, he hit a big home run. I don't remember what number home run it was. If it was, you know, a particularly important one, maybe like a hundred or something. Oh yeah. 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 Maybe home run number a hundred. And I remember you were just live recording for like five minutes beforehand and he hit the home run and you started crying and your dad in the background, like, why are you crying like my favorite yes it was his uh 100th home run it was also grand slam against the red Sox. oh yeah that was a good and one that was a good one it was amazing and yeah my dad was like my mom's like he hit a home run and my dad's like who and his, literally <laughs> the comments are just like dad don't you know her <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that was very easy. It was back in uh, on July 9th of 2018 said, I'm not exaggerating when I say that I would lay my life on the line for Brett Gardner if it ever comes to that, as long as he wears my ashes in a necklace. So it's close to his heart for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's probably for the best that Nick didn't read him that tweet. (laughs) I'm going to like it because we know. Listen, the last time somebody was talking about Brett Gardner like that, we remember what happened. Yeah, but. I still not her. Still not her. Yeah. Allison here. Two years later, still trying to convince us that she wasn't Brett Gardner's stalker. You guys can believe what you want to, but do you know who I am? I'm not a stalker. <laughs> yeah. You got you got a lot of airplay that week. <laughs> you got a lot <laughs> of mentions. 
I know. Literally every news article was tagged with me. They're like, this you? Oh my God. You people don't even know me. You just know my internet persona. Oh man. All right. Well, I think since there's actually no baseball to talk about and there's no pitchers and catchers reporting, I think that about wraps up all the Yankees slash baseball news I have for today. You have anything else? Nope. I mean, that is it. Just kind of keeping track of players as they're throwing off their little fake mounds. And um, it's fun to watch, but man, do I miss actually seeing that little score bug up there on the Yes Network. So <sighs> it's a shame. It's a damn shame. Um, all right. Well, to the to the listeners, I promise this week I'll definitely remember to try to get a guest for next week. I definitely, I'm not saying I forgot last week. I'm not saying it slipped my mind. I'm just saying that I will definitely remember to do it for next week. Uh, so I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll hit Nick up. Maybe we'll hit Nick up and ask him about the time that he read your tweets to Brett Gardner. (laughs) Dramatic retelling of the tweets. Um, (laughs) I would love to hear what his reaction that was. And I know like I know Nick will remember that because like you guys are, you guys are pretty tight on Twitter. So I know that (laughs) if he read Brett Gardner, one of your tweets, he remembered the reaction. And I feel like, I feel like I need that in my life. So let's, let's do that. Let's, let's text Nick and, and we'll see if we can get him on for next week. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up there and see y'all next week. All right.